Welcome to Welcome to the Uncharted Territories. I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And uh, I like this one again. I feel like we're on a run of really solid episodes. I'm so glad you liked this episode. I kind of knew that this one would be your jam. It's it's weird in the way I know you like. Mm. This is, this, by the way, is episode six of season two, Picture If You Will, directed by Andrew Prowse, old the, standby, yeah, and written by Peter Neal who has not written any other episodes of Farscape. Huh. Yeah, I don't know what to do with that. It's just that that's the situation. Yeah. So this is a really strong one, and it's the return of uh, space wizard guy Maldus. Yeah, space vampire. Because he feeds on people's energy. Yeah, yeah, he's an energy vampire. Like, uh... Colin Robinson from What We Do in the Shadows. Yes, although he also has... I mean, I guess all vampires kind of have vaguely defined psychic powers, except in Buffy. Except Drusilla, I guess, but those predated her being a vampire. Yes. All right, so uh, we open at, I don't know, a space, gosh, garage sale, flea market. So it's it's a ship mm-hmm. uh, that's shaped like a molecule that is a, a junk ship, a trader ship. And we see Chiana... And Rigel are there because they need to go to every junk ship and search. They're like, they're like the mom friend in the car who makes you pull over at the outlet mall. Uh, I was going to say they're the, uh, they're the parent who likes to go to uh, every yard sale. That too. That too. There's some overlap there. There definitely is. And also, I'm sorry to let you know, I am that parent. And yet we've never stopped by that uh, one house on Hallgate that seems like it's permanently having a yard sale. At some point it stops being a yard sale and becomes a small business. Well, we had our kid during the pandemic, which has not ended yet. So I haven't been able to be the parent who's like, oh, yard sale yet. Hmm. But I must warn you, I will be that parent. I wasn't aware how insidious parent stuff kind of sneaks up on you oh no yes okay so we should are, are we gonna tell our listeners this yes go ahead so we're watching new girl or we we watched new girl all of it we just marathoned it which max kept referring to as the new girl because he is a dad now and apparently that's what happens to your brain when you're a dad you just start i i didn't know you just start adding the word the to tv shows it's a totally subconscious thing I thought it was the new girl, but no, it's just new girl. Just new girl. Just like it's just Batman. It's not the Batman. Oh, people will fight you on that. Nerdy, sad people will fight you on that. Well, but they'll fight me on anything. I just... I've I've never liked the whole... Oh, it's the Batman. What is that? What is that? Honestly, if somebody... I know we're talking about it being a dad thing, but if somebody refers to Batman as the Batman as opposed to Batman... I don't think of them as being, like, a dad guy. I think of them as being dark and gritty. Mm. I associate the Batman with kind of the dark, gritty Batman. No, you don't understand. It's German for the Batman. The. Let's talk about Farscape. All right, so Shiana is really into this picture that the old lady? I Yes, yes, she is an old lady in, in quite a... Quite a headscarf with, like, dangly crystals on it. She's doing a voice. She's doing a voice and a half. I don't know what kind of voice, but she's definitely doing one. <laughs> so Chiana's looking at a painting that has a picture of an Abari on it. And Rigel is looking at a Hynerian tiara. Which he claims is the fakest fake to ever fake. He offers the trader one food cube for it. And... Aaron, who is babysitting them on this expedition, is like, we don't have that many food cubes. And Raj is like, but it's a good fake. I'm going to flip it. Maybe you shouldn't have blown up all those crackers. Right? So Chiana looks at the painting and she sees that the picture of the Nabari has changed and now it looks way more like her. And also there's a picture in the picture included in the image now is a picture of a necklace that shiana says was her favorite necklace but she lost it Hmm. so i do like how aaron is basically i i know you said uh the the mom friend who likes to stop at uh garage sales but she's the mom friend who's like okay we have uh 
I guess maybe more the dad friend on a shopping trip who's like, okay, we came here to buy one thing. If they don't have the one thing, we're just going to leave. We're not browsing. This is a giant waste of time and money. Oh, yeah. She's the person you get into a fight with on a Target run who's like, we were going to run in and run out. And you're like, but I have to look at the stuff. Yeah. So, yes. Where else am I going to get pajama rolls? Yes, right? Because... I can't sleep in these overalls, and I can't go fishing in these pajamas. I mean, we're we're joking. We're we're referencing the Thirty Rock bit, and we're joking, but it's it's pandemic times. So we're all we're all in pajama rolls now. I regret not owning more sweatpants. I have like one good pair of sweatpants. Oh, I have so many yoga pants that are like. It's our time to shine. I I don't I don't know that I'll ever be able to wear jeans again, honestly, to be completely honest with you. I don't know how I'm gonna work in an office again when this is all over. I'm just completely feral now. So the painting mm-hmm. the painting has switched and now it is a picture of Chiana and a picture of her necklace. And I'm just gonna say, I'm just gonna throw this out right now. The amount of scullying that Aaron does in this episode, where she's like, oh, it's a trick of the light. It's, it's just, it's just swamp gas and weather balloons is a little bit outrageous. Like, 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 seriously, seriously, there is so much legitimate magic or what have you. I guess you don't call it magic because it. It's a sci-fi show and you just call it like, you know, her priest abilities. Or, you well, know, I mean, her... the thing about Maldus and one of the things I appreciate about Farscape is that we just go ahead and call it magic. He's a he's a vampire wizard. We don't have to explain how he does what he does. We don't have to worry about what he can and can't do. Midichlorians. A wizard did it. You know, there's canonically a witch in uh, Star Wars. In the extended universe, are you talking about Winter? Oh, who are you talking about? Uh, I was talking about the villain in I forget which Ewok movie. One of the one of the uh, Ewok movies has a witch as the villain, and she's just a witch who does magic. I I think it's been a really long time. I I I did I never watched them, but I read lots of snarky internet articles about them. But I'm pretty sure the second Ewok movie like literally starts with. All of the human characters, except for the little girl from the first Ewok movie, getting killed. Oh my. And I'm like, it's pretty dark for Caravan of Courage or... I mean, the Ewoks are murder teddy bears. Also, I'm pretty sure that a science-minded person in the Star Wars universe would say that this woman was tapping into the Force without really knowing what she was doing and calling it different things. Also, I think it's pretty clear that Star Wars is a fantasy story... With space travel. Yeah. Again, the midichlorians were just a way of trying to make it sciencey, which you don't need. It's like the opposite of Pern in that way. Because Pern is a science fiction story with dragons. Yes. Science dragons. And just so many consent issues. But I've told you my pitch for a Star Wars property, right? No, tell me. I mean, maybe you have, but tell me again. Okay, so it's like a mechanic asteroid or something. It's just like this mechanic shop where everyone who works there is really Force-sensitive, but they're in some backwater part of the universe where no one knows about Jedi. So it's just, like, all of these people think they're really good at stuff out of nowhere, or, like, oh, you know, they're so-and-so. You can move stuff with his mind. But they just don't know that the Force is a thing. I do like, and I'm, I'm bringing us back around to Farscape now, hmm. because I do like stories that just deal with the people who live on the fringes of the science fiction world. Yeah. Which... I mean, by the end of this series, uh, Moya's crew will have moved themselves into the center of the universe, I, I guess. They will have become much more important players in the story of... The universe. The universe. But right now, they're just, you know, people who live on the edges. To kind of take this back a little bit. Uh-huh. There's this weird thing, mostly in Marvel, not so much in DC, where Earth is literally in the space boonies. Like... It's this very kind of, I mean, sometimes it's more important than it 
than not, like, the whole Cree scrawl thing is because it was in a uh, tactically advantageous place uh-huh. for their war. But for the most part, like, they're like, look, there's the Shi'ar Empire, there's the Skrull Empire, the Kree have got all this stuff going on, and Earth is just some little planet in the middle of nowhere. Well, Earth is a backwoods planet in a lot of science fiction, including Farscape. I mean, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy has that. And it's the answer to Fermi's paradox, which is if there are other creatures out there capable of interstellar travel, why have they not traveled to Earth? The answer a lot of times is because we're flyover space. So, Farscape. Back on the ship... John and Dargo are trying to fix the defense screen so that, you know, Moya has any kind of protection at all, especially because you'll remember last episode, Pilot reconnected to Moya naturally, as opposed to the artificial way we learned that he was connected to Moya. So now Moya will just randomly be misbehaving all season. Mm, That's fun. So it would be good to have a defense screen going. I mean, they could have just kept her pregnant longer if they needed a reason for her not to be working at full capacity. Well, I mean... I mean, that was a short pregnancy. Uh, Although I guess a lot of time passed in between episodes. And, you know, the story must go on. Mm. And I, I I don't mind that they had to keep finding ways to keep Moya weaker than she would naturally be. It's... Oh no, this is the season where Moya's just drunk all the time. Oh god, do they do that later? No, no, no. It's just that the show gets a little trippier, so. (laughs) So Chiana's walking back to her quarters looking at the painting when- Oh, yeah, we did not mention that the lady gave her the painting for free because you don't pay with money. (laughs) You're right, we definitely should have mentioned that. And also that the junk shop that she was running very much has that feel, the- uh, Yeah, you don't pay with money. Yeah. So Chiana takes the painting, and back on Moya, she sees that a DRD has her necklace, her her lost favorite necklace, which we have never seen before, and will never see again. Oh my god, it's it's Izzy's necklace from Galavant. Yes, her her medallion that she absolutely always wears. I've 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 spent a lot of time with you, and I don't remember that necklace. Well, clearly you're mistaken because I'm always wearing it. You know, I really like this necklace. It looks very, like, chic punk. Honestly, I think it looks kind of high fashion-y. I mean, like, yeah. like you said chic, but it has a real something one would wear to the Met Ball quality to it. I could see that, yeah. I'm surprised the DRDs are doing her favors considering she murdered one of them in the episode where she went to... The planet, the... Graveyard planet. Yes, the graveyard planet. Yeah. They're they're very forgiving, the DRDs. I guess they'd have to be. So once Chiana takes the necklace, the picture changes, and it now shows Chiana with a broken leg. Oh my god, what is this, a Goosebumps book? I mean, it is. It's, 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 it's literally the Goosebumps book, Smile and Say Die. Say Cheese and Die. Yes, that's it. Say Cheese and Die. With the magical camera that takes pictures of bad things happening in the future and also makes them happen. Hmm. And then Chiana falls and breaks her leg. One of, and I know this not because I was into uh, Goosebumps as a kid, but because I got really, really into the uh, blog, uh, Blocker Beware, uh-huh. which uh, this guy just kind of sums up all the Goosebumps books, but he's he's very funny. It's like how I know what happens in every episode of Full House, despite not ever watching Full House. But- well, I like listening to Goosebumps Monthly on the Pop Arena channel, mm. which is a summary of Goosebumps books. Honestly, there's a there's a few pretty good Goosebumps podcasts out there, too. It's weird because I have literally no connection to the property, you know, because I didn't really read them as a kid. Because mm-hmm. I went from, these covers freak me out, I'm not going to read them, to, oh my god, these books are so poorly written, I'm not going to read them. I was just a little too old for Goosebumps when they came out, but I did read R.L. Stein's Fear Street. That's that's how old I am. Hmm. I'm right in that sweet spot. I do enjoy listening to, like I said, Goosebumps Monthly. Also, if you're talking about Say Cheese and Die, uh, Dominic Noble and Pushing Up Roses on YouTube did a collaboration where they talked about that book and the television episode based on it. So Yeah. Basically, what I'm saying is, if watching this episode gives you a hankering to take in Say Cheese and Die, the Goosebumps novella content, it's out there for you. Yeah. There's, 
And there's tons of ways you can experience it without actually having to read the book and or watch the TV episode. Yes. Although one of the few Goosebumps uh, books where the protagonists just straight up kill a dude. So, you know. (laughs) Yeah. I. Okay. So the picture of Gianna is Gianna with a broken leg and she's like, oh, my God, I'm going to break my leg. And then she immediately breaks her leg. Right. Like, she, she's so freaked out by the picture changing to her breaking her leg that she immediately breaks her leg. And Zan's like, hey, hey, shut up. I'm going to use my ill-defined powers to ease your pain. Well, I mean, I guess that's a pretty well-defined part of her powers. Yeah. It's one of the most defined things that she can do, which is take someone else's pain. John is like, I don't know, maybe this is a prank. Maybe someone's pulling a prank on Chiana. And it's like... John, what? I mean, A, who would be doing this? And B, I mean, uh, honestly, I feel like this is sort of the direction pranks are headed as a whole. It's the breaking your friend's leg prank, where you just run up and you break their leg. But also- Uh, You can't get mad, it's a prank. I I don't like pranks, I've never been a prank person. Pranks are terrible. But also, how do you imagine this was pulled off, John? (laughs) It's just who, I mean, it would have to be someone on the ship, right? Yeah, it could have been Rigel or Aaron somehow. <laughs> and then John suggests that maybe it was just the power of suggestion, which, okay, I guess. And Shiana's like, okay, but the picture changed. Which, I mean, I guess it could be mad. I'm not magic, but technology. It's, it's mm. like the picture is, it, it's not a painting. It's like etching on lucite it could be some sort of technology that changes yeah it's like a glass triangly thing yeah yeah it doesn't really look like a painting at all honestly mm. but it, painting adjacent i just I get, photo cube yes a photo cube is the most thing that it looks like i honestly really get the impression that the script was written and then they had a hard time coming up with the right prop mm. that could show everything that needed to be shown for this episode, but also kind of look futury. And I, I can see them having a difficult time coming up with a good prop for this. Yeah. Yeah. So Zan wants to take the painting, but Shiana wants to keep it since it's telling her future. So John suggests a compromise where Zan takes a little chip off of the painting and Zan runs her test on that tiny little chip. And Chiana's not thrilled about this because what if it breaks the magic, you know, the wonderful magic that broke your leg. But John's like, look, she'll take a, a bit of the painting for, or a, a bit of the crystal that doesn't show images, like one of the edge pieces. Yeah. When Zan goes to her, her lab to do her lab stuff, she finds Rigel running a test on the Hynerian tiara, which it turns out is actually legitimately a tiara yeah i mean it obviously it was legitimately a tiara but it's legitimately the hynerian tiara that the trader said it was okay so i thought about this some I, i'm not sure how much i brought it up in the uh last episode you know the oh no aaron's a traitor episode but mm-hmm. rigel does a lot of blaming other people and wanting to kick other people off of the ship considering what a massive hindrance he is all the time it really seems weird that that's his go-to thing. I mean, that's not super relevant here. It, it just, Rigel being here made me think about it. Oh, yeah. But, like, I feel like he needs to do more helpful stuff on screen for us to understand why the crew hasn't just kicked him off. Because, remember, the last season literally ended with him betraying them to the Peacekeepers to try to, you know, score a deal for himself. There is no reason anyone on the ship should trust him. That is very true. Uh, Yes. I think that the thing Rigel is best utilized for is his negotiation. He has connections and he is able to negotiate things with kind of the underbelly. But we rarely see that. And sometimes we hear about it. Oh, I feel like since you're talking about Rigel being kicked off the ship... Uh, we should mention that there's going to be a subplot in this episode about Aaron wanting, you know, to not be traveling with Rigel anymore, which is fair, or Chiana, or Zan, or anyone. Mm. And 
that makes me want to point out that though this episode aired later, it was filmed. Its production order is prior to the episode we saw last week. Hmm. So if it feels like there's a little bit of a regression in character as far as Aaron connecting to everyone else on the ship, that is not a false feeling. All right. This is a thing that I didn't know this until I was reading up about this episode because I've never seen this episode aired before the way we weren't. I, I don't think it ever has in any list come before the way we weren't, but production order apparently it was supposed to be before it. Mm. If I had known that, we might have done it earlier, but probably not because there's no... Yeah. Yeah. So Zan is not thrilled that Rigel has broken into her lab to do lab stuff on the tiara. Or that now he's demanding that they go back to the trader ship and see if there's anything else that she'll sell for a single food cube that's valuable. Oh, this is actually reminding me of when I was at a con Mm -hmm. and a guy had a relatively rare Catwoman action figure. This was when I was really big into collecting Catwoman action figures. Mm -hmm. And the whole rest of his booth was Star Wars action figures. So clearly he had gotten this one like in a set of action figures. Like he'd gotten it from, you know, somebody selling off their entire collection. And he didn't know that it was really valuable. So he was selling it for like $2. It was still in its blister pack. It still is. I still own it. Um, but I just looked at it and I was like, because it was, it was worth like $50. And I, I'm like, is this the right price? And he was like, oh, isn't that cute? And I was like, yes, it's adorable. I will take it, please. Oof. I don't feel bad. It wasn't his, you know. Oh, he sounds like he was being kind of a dick. Like. Because it was girly stuff, right? As opposed to the Star Wars figures, which was his, clearly his, his trade. So back, Farscape. In, so back in Farscape, Dargao is talking to Chiana about the painting. And he's like, um, maybe you don't want to know what's going to happen in the future. Yeah, like, maybe that's a bad idea. And Chiana's like, are you telling me you wouldn't want to know your future? And he's like, no, because then I would have no motivation to do any of my tasks because either... I'd know that they would succeed and I wouldn't feel the drive to do them, or I know they would fail and I wouldn't feel the drive to do them, which is fairly solid, I guess. I mean, we spent a long time talking about Goosebumps and how this is a story from Goosebumps, but really this is a very Twilight Zone premise, which makes sense since the episode is in fact called Picture If You Will. Someone completely fucked up the Twilight Zone for me by, uh... You know, you end every Twilight Zone with Rod Sterling coming out and saying, Pretty fucked up, eh? (laughs) Also, a lot of the Twilight Zone hasn't aged great. Like, it was was big twisty when you didn't know, like, when no one really was expecting twists and stuff. But, like... The Twilight Zone is amazing. The the one where the cave woman is trying to kill the... The tiny ship, and then it turns out the tiny ship's from Earth! And that was worth 40 minutes watching a woman non-verbally trying to smash a uh, little space saucer with a rolling pin. (laughs) I'm saying there are some iconic episodes of the Twilight Zone that are, you know, well-remembered and deserve to be so. But it's like Monty Python, where people remember the iconic, really good sketches and completely you know, forget the 80 hours of crap. Okay, I'm not going to say that you're wrong because there is a lot of Twilight Zone, but I actually consider myself a pretty big fan of the Twilight Zone. So I actually have gone through and watched a lot of it. And Mm. a lot of it is still really, really good. Okay, that's fair. I haven't seen that much of the Twilight Zone. So John and Aaron are discussing... The painting. And Aaron's like, well, it's clearly a con. And John's like, I don't understand what the score is if it's a con. They, she gave it to Chiana. And and uh, Aaron's like, well, she insulted the picture and then uh, then it broke her leg. It seems like, you know, <laughs> turnabout's fair play or what have you. And John's like... I love how completely uninterested Aaron is. She's like, whatever. It was a painting. Broke Chiana's leg. I feel like we're done here. 
It's just Chiana. John wants to go on, like, total lockdown, because, you know, we're Everything that's happened. Yeah. Like, he lists a bunch of the stuff, and he's like, look, wouldn't it be nice to get ahead of whatever's trying to murder us this week, you know, for a change? And Aaron's like, it's just a painting, and he's like, it's just a painting, it's just tiny bugs. It's just actually rather large bugs. It's just a wee little virus. Yeah, just a mind-controlling virus. And Aaron's like, yeah, well... I would really like to get ahead of all of our problems by tossing Rigel and Chiana off the ship so that we don't have to deal with any of the nonsense they do. Like, remember how the mind-controlling virus got out? Right? It was Chiana and Rigel. And John's like, well, Zan and Dargo caused problems. And she's like, yeah, toss them out too. And John's like, what, so you just want to be alone? And Aaron's like, God, yes! It's all I've ever wanted! There was time now, damn it. There was time. Oh, we're coming back around to Twilight Zone. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, ominous music is playing in Zan's lab. Yes, as she investigates the the tiny chip of picture she's managed to take off of the painting. She's getting weird psychic vibes from it. Yes, you can tell that the painting is off. You could tell that there's something off about this particular thing because it's causing the camera to wobble about to and fro in an unnatural manner you remember uh i'm sorry i i know we've talked about this before but remember the one episode of heroes where everyone lost their powers because of the eclipse or whatever oh yeah and uh they have matt parkman doing his mind reading thing and they they have him trying to do it except they don't do like the zoom and tilt and play the uh violin thing that they usually do when he's using his mind-reading powers. It's just, like, a still medium shot of him, like, doing the face and... Oh, like, yeah. And a third party, a third character's like, what are you doing there, buddy? I am always amused when a show steps out of, like, its own reality to show us what things look like without the conventions of the camera. Yeah. Yeah, That that's always a fun thing. Because, you know, a lot of what makes fight scenes cool is, you know angle work and stuff so you kind of you take that away and everything looks a lot goofier yeah so john is talking to zan and he's like chiana's just hallucinating it's all in her head and zan's like no this is some scary shit chiana is in grave danger and john's like ugh, okay I guess we have to take this seriously. I guess this is the problem we're going to have to deal with this week. Well, Chiana, we have to care now because Chiana is now an A-list uh, character. It's true. It's true. I, I do like to think that Stark is still in the ship somewhere, just like, you know. Chilling out. Smoking space weed, watching space uh, reruns of Space Scooby-Doo. Space Ghost Coast to Coast? Space Space Ghost? Space Ghost to Space Ghost. Yes. John tells Zan that he trusts her implicitly and will back her play, whatever she wants to do, and she tells him to go get the picture so that she can destroy it. Hmm. By the way, I don't know how recent this is, but I, I feel like they've had it in a few episodes before. Zan's wearing this kind of like turtle, a blue turtlenecky thing so they don't have to do the makeup on her uh, neck. Well, I know we mentioned it last week. Yeah. Don't love it. Not a huge fan, but I also understand that uh, Virginia Hay, right? Virginia Hay was like, hey, I, uh... I'm having terrible kidney issues because of all of this paint you're putting on my body every week. <sighs> okay. It's, it's, a, it's probably a good thing that they're not doing this to actors anymore. But when I look at Virginia Hayes, I'm like, this is the sort of, uh body paint situation they should have done for indigo on supergirl because her body paint was so awful and i'm like zan looks so much more like this character just skin wise i mean i don't really have a problem with the body paint they put on indigo but they put her in a terrible 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 wig like the wig is unforgivable I mean, her whole aesthetic was, I mean, the, the outfit was fine. The outfit was fine. It was just like, her face was bad. Her face and her hair were bad. Well, the wig was both a bad choice as far as the way they styled it and cheaply done. So 
It was cornrows on one side and... And there was like a a braided crown over the top of it? No, no, no. Although it was fun that she was apparently played by the actress who played Supergirl on Smallville. That was was cute. Yeah, I like that. So the painting changes Mm -hmm. and it stops showing Chiana with a broken leg and now it shows her burning to death. And Chiana starts screaming because that is frightening. Yes, burning to death is bad. Hot take You should take avoid here. it if you can. Oh. Uh, unintentional, but. Oh, that was unintentional? That was totally unintentional. But. So Chiana's freaking out because she doesn't want to be burned alive. Fair. And Aaron is still like, oh, p- please. Though you're not going to burn to death just because the portrait said you would. Just because the portrait said you were going to find your necklace and then you did. And then the portrait said you were going to break your leg and then you did. It doesn't mean you're going to burn to death. It's not like things come in threes or anything. <laughs> John brings the portrait to Zan to try to figure out how to stop it from happening. And meanwhile, Dargo is carrying Chiana out of the room to keep her safe, to bring her someplace safe. He puts her in the freezer, because that's the place she's least likely to burn to death, presumably. Fair. And Aaron, Aaron is still shouting at her. Aaron's like, it's all in your head, Chiana. God. So, John wants to make sure that, you know, Chiana won't die in the freezer, because Like that, that one episode of Punky Brewster? Yes, like that thing that used to be a big problem with kids getting trapped in abandoned refrigerators and dying. Uh-huh. Just, just a horrifying thing that apparently used to be fairly commonplace in America. Yeah. Yeah, well, Pilot says that he'll keep the airflow going and he'll turn the temperature down a little bit so that she doesn't freeze to death. And then the freezer bursts into flame. Yep, and uh, it burns Chiana so thoroughly that there's nothing left but dust. Yeah, and the door is jammed so they can't get in to rescue her. And well, it's it, it's it happens behind a piece of glass, so it's kind of horrifying, but... We watch Chiana burn to death through the the amber glass, and then once she's burned so thoroughly that she's gone, that's when they're able to open the door again and get in. And there's nothing apparently wrong with the door, and no apparent reason that a fire should have started. We've taken kind of a pivot from uh, Goosebumps into Final Destination. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. It's the uh, it's the bit in the third Final Destination movie where the girls are in the tanning bed and all of that stuff in those tanning beds and all the stuff happens to trap them in the tanning beds and turn them up to burn the person in the tanning beds alive, which I was not aware was a setting in tanning beds. But I've only seen the first Final Destination movie. Also, you said that Chiana was reduced to ash. I feel like I need to correct. She was reduced to ash... And the necklace. Yes. Honestly, you could probably stop after the first Final Destination movie. They don't get better from there. Two is solid. Two is a solid movie. You know who's in two? Who's in two? I did not realize this until listening to a movie podcast about it. Um, What's her face? The uh, main character from the reboot of One Day at a Time. Oh, oh okay. And she plays a she plays a pregnant woman who they're convinced uh, will save them by not dying because by creating new life they oh, get they, off of death. She's gonna list. throw off the. And then spoiler alerts for a like thirty or forty year old movie at this point. Uh, it turns out that she actually didn't die in the original accident, so it doesn't. So her giving birth Oops. doesn't count. Although theoretically, you could you could be like, hey, you know. One day at a time happens in that universe. It's just none of none of the people in one day at a time, you know, managed to escape from death's list. So they just went on to have ordinary lives. I guess you could say that about all sitcoms, though. Yes. You know, Friends is happening in the Saw universe. It's just they're in a different part of the country. and They've just never been caught by Jigsaw. Yeah, and they're not going to because, you know, I'd imagine all of his stuff has to be pretty local. So in... Zan's laboratory. Rigel is being a real dick. He's like, so you knew she was going to burn to death because you had the painting, and yet you still failed to save her. Hmm. Huh. Huh. You're terrible. And Zan's like, where were you? And Rigel's like, nobody told me stuff was happening. Well, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I get what she's doing there, but also when has Rigel ever improved a situation? So... 
Yeah, that's true. Anyway, now that Shanna's dead, she's he's going to go honor her memory by taking all of her stuff. It's what she would have wanted. Ugh. Anyway, Dargo and Zan are both blaming themselves. They're like, oh, we should have smashed the painting harder. And I mean, they haven't smashed the painting yet. But they're like, oh, we should have smashed the painting or taken it away or done something. And Zan throws some lighter fluid on it and lights it on fire, which is fitting, I guess. Uh, yeah, look, 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 it, it's it's ironic. It's, it's like rain on your wedding day. Yeah, you know, the painting burned Chiana, so now they'll burn the painting. And I'm sure that will be the end of it. I'm sure we've <laughs> seen the last of this painting. All right, so next week on Farscape. No, I'm just kidding. Obviously, obviously, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I mean, we've only been talking for like an hour. Clearly, we're not done talking about this 40-minute TV show. <laughs> so Aaron's like, you shouldn't blame yourselves because, you know... This whole situation is stupid, and I don't want any part of it. Okay, so she is actually trying to figure out from Pilot what was the malfunction that caused the fire. And Pilot's like, there was no malfunction. Nothing caused the fire. But Aaron is not willing to believe that because the alternative is a wizard did it. And Aaron is not ready to accept that the explanation is a wizard did it. Which is ridiculous because... You've dealt with so much stuff that's at least wizard adjacent. I mean, they've dealt with this particular wizard. Was she there for that, though? She, yeah, she was there. Yeah, okay, then Then what are we doing? <laughs> well, John shows up to give us some insight. He tells Aaron that it's not her fault and that she's just casting around trying to find someone to blame because otherwise she's going to blame herself for not saving Shiana. I mean, I guess she is kind of blaming herself, but... I mean, it's not, it, it is legitimately not really on her. No, it's not. Meanwhile, the painting has come back to life. It exists again. And now Dargo is in the painting. <gasps> and Dargo is uh, getting let impaled. Yes, he's being impaled by what he says is a symbol for a Qualta blade. Mm. And he smashes the painting because... That'll, that'll fix it. You're right. Burning it didn't fix it, but smashing it will definitely fix it. Smashing it and they're going to shoot it out into space. And Aaron is going to get in her prowler and go f back to the trader ship and deal with this trader. Although she can't use her prowler because we were actually told at the beginning of the episode that it was undergoing maintenance. So she's going to take John's module. Which she is not thrilled about. No, no, she's not. I mean, it is basically a shopping cart that someone put a motor on. Oh my gosh, that's such a good explanation for what the Farscape 1 is. I'm pretty sure you came up with it in the uh, episode of uh, the, the Desert Planet 1 where they had to wear those sunglasses. Oh, did I? Oh. <laughs> so now they have flushed the pieces of the portrait into space and they're flying away from the pieces of the portrait. Hmm. Problem oh. solved. Yep, that's the last we'll ever see of that portrait. And now Zan hears whispering. Hey, maybe it's Stark. God. Help, I'm trapped in the walls. I've been surviving on crumbs and mice. You know, like the boy in the movie, the boy. I'm just spoiling all these horror movies all willy-nilly. <laughs> Which horror movie is that? It's the one where it's called The Boy, and it's about this... This couple, this, like, weird rich couple hire this nanny to take care of, you know, their son, the boy. And it's this, like, life-sized wooden puppet of a ten-year-old. And it, like, moves when she's not looking at it. And it's like, oh, is the puppet alive? And it turns out that, uh, no, their son is just this guy who lives in the walls and he communicates through the puppet. And... Oh, it's creepy. Yeah. Yeah. So... Over on the Farscape 1, Aaron discovers that she has a stowaway. Mm -hmm. Rigel has stowed away because he wants to get into it with this traitor. Yeah, he, he wants more uh, stuff she doesn't know is valuable. Because, you know, what good is a friend dying if you can't use it to profit? It's what Shiana would have wanted. Yeah, he, he does literally say, she sold us a, you know, she sold us a cursed painting. She owes us some, some friend money. Yeah. So, back on Moya, the painting is back in Dargo's quarters, showing him impaled. And I, I really like the combination of Dargo's just staring at it like, well, 
Of course. And, wah, wah. And Sans like, oh no! And Darga's just like, it figures. He's like, look, if I'm gonna get impaled, I'm gonna get impaled. What happens, happens. And Sans like, no, we can fight destiny! And he's like, I don't have that much going on anyway. I guess I was romantically involved with Chiana. Maybe I'm bummed about that. Who knows? I mean, Dargo was. Yeah. 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 Ish. It's been kind of a thing. I feel like they've been more explicit about it the last couple of episodes. Anyway, Dargo gives his quote well, to... Th- they can't kiss because the makeup would rub off on each other. Oh, it's true. Dargo gives the Qualta Blade to Zan and is like, here, you uh, you hang on to this and then it can't pierce me and there we go. Now, Zan, don't you impale me. <laughs> and then Dargo takes John aside for a heartfelt conversation in the cargo bay where he's like, hey, thanks for being such a good friend to me. And like, if I had to be stuck out here in the uncharted territories, I'm glad it's with you. Thank you for being a friend. And then the engines on Aaron's Prowler turn on, and the point of the Prowler spears Dargo like he's some sort of sea witch. God. And he shatters. Did anyone else know that the Slayer was a robot? Because I feel like I feel like John should have some questions about Dargo shattering like that. Yes, he shatters into a thousand pieces, which is not what normally happens when you get speared with the prow of a ship. And Dargo is magically teleported into someone who's learning how to use Blender's first sci-fi scape. Yes, yeah, he's inside the painting now. Yeah, and it's it's all like... It's a hallway with a bunch of archways that look out onto space and apparently like... It's non-Euclidean. It's like an M.C. Etcher painting. Well, it's, uh, if you don't know, Blender is a 3D uh, rendering software that is free to use, and you can do some kind of neat stuff with it. But uh, it it does have a lot of, okay, we built a bunch of land, and we built a bunch of spacescapes in Blender, and it, it feels alternate dimension-y because we're using 3D technology. So it's not supposed to look real. So it doesn't matter that it doesn't. Yes. But Dargo can see Chiana outside of one of the archways, but he can't get to her, even though theoretically she's just outside the archway. She's upside down in the archway. Upside down and gigantic. Yeah. And she's like, Dargo, I don't know where I am. And he's like, I'll go through the archway and find you. And she's like, Dargo, no. Back on Moya, the painting has changed and now it shows... John getting electrocuted like the movie poster for National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. It's pretty wacky. So, John's like, this might as well happen. I do like how kind of resigned everyone is as soon as the painting picks them after Chiana. Because John does have a Dargo like, eh, eh. He's like, Zan, I know I told you I'd have your back, whatever you wanted to do. So tell me what we're going to do. Just let's, let's figure this out. Tell me your plan. Meanwhile, on the molecule, the old lady is like, I don't know what you're talking about. It was just an ordinary uh, painting. I, I started to try to do the accent, but I don't know. The accent feels kind of offensive. I don't know what she was going for, but it feels offensive. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Uh, Rigel tries to do like a good cop, bad cop thing. Where he's like, oh, she's in a really bad mood. And Aaron's like, shut up, Rigel, I am in a really bad mood. (laughs) Yeah, basically. And then the traitor finally tells Aaron, I had to do it. He made me do it. (sighs) Yep, it was Maldus. She reports back to John and Zan that Maldus is the one behind this. It's that wizard vampire from that episode that we had last season. Yeah, the one that Zan blew up by having sex with that red dude. And John's like, didn't you blow him up by having sex with that red dude? And Zan's like, I knew he would reconstitute, but this soon? Does this mean we're going to be having wacky, sexy adventures with him every other week? Is he going to be this show's Barbus where he shows up once in a once a season? And Is he going to be this show's Barbus? No, this is the only, he's only in these two episodes, but okay. he, yes, that is what John is saying. Yeah, John's like, oh, God, I thought we took care of this. And Zan's like, no, no. 
I think uh, we, we have to double tap. Yeah. Yeah, that's basically what they have to do. They tell Aaron to just hang out there, get some information. They'll they'll get back to her with what they need to do. And Zan appears to be panicking. And then Zanicking. Zanicking. And then she grabs John's head and is like, John, I am communicating with you telepathically because we had sex that one time, so now I can do this. I have a plan. I need you to get Maldus's attention and hang on to it. And also, I need you to ignore what I'm about to say. And then she's like, and then she kind of shoves him away and she's like, John, we're doomed. Doomed. We may as well just give up. I like how Maldus is also telepathic, so clearly he heard what, you know. Well, he's telepathic, but... The sex telepathy link is is encrypted, you know, like signal. Gosh, I wonder what uh, I wonder what she was doing when she pressed her forehead against him and didn't say anything for a few minutes. Well, that's why she acted like she was in despair earlier, so that it just looked like she was freaking out when she grabbed his head. Oh, and this is bolstered by the fact that then she throws him into the under repair defense screen, electrocuting him. And shattering him. Yeah, she's like, okay, come on. We need to speed this up. Get electrocuted, John. <laughs> There's only so much time left in the episode. Come on. It's true. We are two-thirds of the way through the episode. We need to get more people into that painting. Then there's ominous music as she looks into the uh, triangle to see what her fate is going to be. And it, it just shows her shattered. Like, that's... She's like, thanks. Helpful. Helpful. We're all, we're, we're all everybody's shattered. <laughs> so John is in the painting now. Yes, he wakes up in the mirror universe. That's mm, the painting verse. Mm. And he's like, whoa, this is moderately trippy, I guess. I would like to play high, but I know that that's not really what we're doing right now. And Dargo is outside of one of the arches now. And he's like, don't come through the arch like I did. You will get totally lost like I now am. Yeah. Chiana, like, he he went through the arch to try to find Chiana, and he just ended up in a completely different place than she is. And yeah, now he has no idea where Chiana is. She's so far away now. Also, Chiana was upside down, as you noted, through the archway. Dargo is sideways. He's he's still bigger, but he's he's smaller than Chiana was, and he's sideways, whereas she was upside down. Yes. Because, you know, space is all floopy in this. Well, I mean, there's no down in space. Hmm. If there's no gravity, there's no down. Again, one of the best moments in Futurama, uh, when Leela joins with that environmentalist group that's trying to protect the penguins. Oh, and they form like a circle around the ship and they just fly up because in space that's not a thing. Yeah, and she's like, you didn't think about the fact that spaceships can move in... Three in, dimensions? And uh, the, the guy leading the protest was like, no, no, I did not. Because I feel like a lot of, uh, I feel like a lot of sci-fi doesn't treat like space like that it's true it doesn't john is like hey maldus come out here and monologue to me let's let's do this get your maldy ass out here uh, it's terrible yeah well it's maldus so <laughs> and maldus is like "Ooh, you thought you got rid of me forever but i'm going to be like this show's cue i'm going to show up and have weird murder sexual tension with you and and also, I'm going to have sex with one of your exes, and I'm going to be a reoccurring character. And John's like, yeah, okay, buddy. Maldus is like, I, well, I was dispersed. I thought of nothing but revenge. And John is like, yes, let's fight. And Maldus is like, dude, no, I don't care about you. You're not, you're not the, you're not the focus of my revenge. What do I look like, Grace? Do, do I, do I look like a failed starship captain to you? I want to go toe to toe with Zan. I mean... To be fair to John, John did do the finisher punch on him last time, but it was all because Zan set him up for it. Yeah. And Maldus knows that. Maldus knows who the real powerhouse is when it comes to fighting wizard vampires. This is really the only other time he shows up? Um, yes. Yeah, this is really the only other time he shows up. So he starts psi-attacking Zan. Like, he's in... Psychically attacking him. P-S-Y, not S-I-G-H. Ah, yeah. 
sigh attacking Zan. <gasps> Zan! <laughs> but uh, she's like doing the telepath thing where she's like, no, my head! And she's grabbing it. And You know, if, if you've seen anything Jean Grey did in the X-Men animated series. It looks like a Jean Grey attack, yes. I, I've said it before on Twitter and I'll say it again. The 90s X-Men animated series is to Jean Grey what Super Friends is to Aquaman. Like, it it ruined Jean Grey for a whole generation of uh, people who like the X-Men. Oh, mm, yeah. So. That and all of the terrible Dark Phoenix adaptations. Yeah. So, Maldus told John that John is not his, his nemesis. Zan is his nemesis. But as long as he's waiting for Zan, he's going to go ahead and taunt John. And he does. And he tells John that Zan's not going to save them. She's not going to come and do a Delvian mind trick this time. And mm. I think maybe maybe someone's a little uh, little too confident considering how things went last time. Yeah, like... You have a lot of confidence that you can beat a lady who pretty handily handed you your ass last time. Granted, she did have help, but other stuff has happened since you kerploded. She leveled up! So, he doesn't even have a a fancy way to kill her. She's in Pilot's den talking to Pilot, and he, like, shouts into her mind until she falls backwards into the pit in the center of Pilot's den. Pilot's like, huh. Yep. Pilot's like, this is this is the person who's going to save us. Great. Great. I feel confident. So, Zan falls on the floor and... Uh, in the painting. In the painting. And John gives her, a, you know, inspirational speech. She's like, don't give up. And she's like, never give up. Never surrender. And Maldus is all like, ha, I'm an energy vampire. I can tell how afraid she is. And I'm going to bring everybody back into these archways so that we can all... Enjoy my monologuing. And Shanna's like, who is this guy? I wasn't here last time. Yeah, I, I was not around for the last adventure. What, what's the what's going on? What's the deal here? Shanna's like, it is always something with you people. And John explains, you know, Maldus' deal, energy vampire, space, ill-defined psychic powers. and uh, it, But it's okay because Zan's going to kick his ass. And Maldus is like, again, the only reason she was able to bring me into a state you could shatter with one punch was because she had that red dude who was like working as a psychic I don't know belayer. He was selling those birds. The birds. The, the pain birds. Yeah, the pain birds. He's gonna go to all of their home planets and kill everyone there. So this is a wild episode. This is a wild moment. But I feel like this is kind of important. I think this is the first time someone has really threatened John with, I will go back to Earth and I will attack Earth. And this is going to be a thing that starts to really be a fear for John. Hmm. And it's not Maldus, but with the other villains that we encounter, it is a genuine fear that they will go back and attack Earth. It's a genuine thing that John has to worry about. Yeah. And, of course... Chiana's fear is that the Nabari will capture her and wipe her mind again. And Dargo's fear is that he'll never find his son. You know, the, these, are, these are all really, really basic fears for Maldus I, I, to be... Exploiting. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this doesn't show his power. This is a really easy cold read is what I'm saying. I was paying basic attention while I was watching you through the mirror. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, uh, of course, Zan is still on the floor, and she's like, Maldus, please, no. And he starts walking on her. Uh, she's... Like, just to show how powerful he is, he's literally walking across Zan. He's literally walking all over her. He's walking across her back the way I used to for one of my ex-boyfriends to, like, crack his back when he was sore. Hmm. Except for this, it's it's a humiliation thing. Uh, you know, look how beneath me she's, she's literally, I've said literally so many times, but she's literally under my heels. I'm crushing her like a bug. What's weird is none of you exist in this space. This is all a dream space. So it's a little extra, but I guess that's kind of Maldus' deal, is mm. being a little extra. <laughs> so 
I love this so much. This is probably my favorite thing that happens in the episode. Pilot calls Aaron and says, Aaron, John says to kill the traitor. And Aaron's like, okay, just pulls out her gun, shoots her dead. Not even a second thought. Whatever you say. Kill her and leave, which uh, she does. She shoots the traitor. They hop in uh, the Farscape one and fly off. And the whole thing shatters like, you know, one of... uh, Like Dargo did when he was killed. Like like John did, like... Like Zan did, presumably. presumably, I was going to say, presumably like Chiana, which we couldn't see because of the fire. Yes. Um, Apparently, Maltus had a lot of energy put in, like, maintaining that construct of the... The fake old woman and the fake space station. Yeah, they'll debrief us later and tell us that that was a construct Maldus was maintaining and not that she was a real person who was forced by Maldus to do this. Which it makes it kind of weird that she was like, no, don't, you know. He... Well, she was trying to keep Aaron from killing her because it was going to do exactly this, which is weaken Maldus because he had his energy expended like that. But Aaron doesn't know this at this point. This is going to be explained to us at the end of the episode. At this point, Rigel's like, well, why'd you do that? And she's like, John told me to. I, John said, shoot this woman. I shot the woman. I don't ask questions. I trust him. It is pretty great. I, I like how much trust characters are showing in each other this this particular episode. So I want to like this scene so much more than I did. Because Maldus well, is like, what, uh, what, what, what happened? I feel like a whole bunch of my power just vooped away. And Zan flips onto her feet, and she's like, I've gotten so much stronger since the last time. And he's like, what? Wait, what? And then she just throws him out the space window. Yeah, she pushes him through the archway. And, okay, the thing is, this is, this is, I don't blame Farscape for this. This is a thing, this is an issue in a lot of the X-Men movies, too. Psychic fights aren't interesting to watch? Psychic fights are interesting to watch. It's just you need a really, really high budget to pull them off. Mm. Because when you compare, like, Professor X's fight with the Shadow King in the comics versus his fight with Apocalypse in X-Men Apocalypse, you know, or or Rachel Summers' fight with... Oh, God, I don't remember his name. It's like Genesis or Avalon or Exodus. Exodus. Like, it's all... It's metaphors. It's these characters working on all of these different levels. And it's a chance for your artists to do all these very trippy visual things. And they never do that in movies when they're showing telepathic fights. It's always just either people holding onto their temples until someone falls down or... Like, they tried a little bit in X-Men Apocalypse with, like, oh, look, Apocalypse is uh, turning giant and destroying the X-Mansion. and But it's, like, psychic fights kind of require you to spend a lot of creative energy making them look cool. You're not impressed with she shoved him out a window? She defenestrated Maldus? I mean, we, we actually talked about this a little bit. When we were watching, uh, we, we just finished season one of Supergirl, where uh, they have Indigo beat up these guys. And I'm like, you, you know, she has energy powers. It would probably be cheaper and look cooler if she just shot some pink light out of her hands and they fell down. But for if you're doing a fight scene on TV, apparently you need to at least have the characters do a little wire work. Or it's people aren't going to get that that's a fight. I guess. I guess. Well, that's, that is how the fight goes down here. She pushes him out a window. And now he's dead forever. Yes. She leveled up so that she could push him out a window and kill him forever. And then they all leave the painting, which they're able to do because Maldus had opened a window to Moya so that he could taunt them some more. Dumb, dumb move. It was a dumb move. It, it, was, a, it was some real classic evil overlord, unforced error stuff. Mm. So now everyone is back on Moya and everything is much better. Everything is perfect forever. Maltus is not super dead. He 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 tries reaching through the uh he he comes back out of the window and There's he, your uh, there's your expensive special effect because it's just a gigantic hand that comes through onto Moya. 
And I love that John picks up a DRD and he's like, fire! And the DRD starts shooting lasers at the giant hand. I love that. Yeah, he gets driven back with DRD fire. And uh, then we see the window, the, the window that was opened up into the painting verse shatters the way everything that Maldus has constructed shatters in this episode. And now he's gone forever. Now he's gone forever. Oh, uh, also, I think they fired from Aaron's Prowler, too. That's true, yes. John John says to Zan, that was your plan? Push him out a window? And Zan's like, um, it worked, so... Hey, are you dead? No? Then shut up. It's like, it's like a plane, right? Any landing that you walk away from is a good landing. Mm. And then we have, as I said, the moment where... Chiana and Rigel are in the dining room and they're talking about, wait, explain to me the physics, the psychics of what happened. And they explain that, you know, the traitor was actually a construction of Maldus's mind. Oh, also, in case you were wondering, Rigel's Hymerian tiara disappeared when everything shattered, too. So, yeah, because why would you have a fake uh, tiara and a projection? Right, exactly. But Chiana, Chiana's going all cinema sins, and she's like, uh, then why is my leg still broken if everything was just a mental illusion? And I'm just like, eh. I mean, to be fair, I'd be pretty pissed about that, too, if I was Chiana. I, I mean, she broke her leg because she tripped over the DRT, but no, I'd be pretty pissed. I would be pretty pissed if I still had a broken leg when everyone else got to come back. Yeah, she's like, I didn't burn to death, which good, but, and, uh, John wasn't electrocuted, and Dargo wasn't stabbed. But my leg is still broken. But then Chiana kind of looks straight at the camera and is like, you know what? Don't worry about it. Don't think about it too hard. Just repeat to yourself, it's it's just a show. I should really just relax. Yep. And uh, then John and Zan in Zan's study are discussing, so, uh, is Maldus really gone this time? And obviously not, John. Obviously he's not. <laughs> Zan's like, with a being like Maldus, one can never be totally sure. Even though we killed him a lot less definitively than we did last time, but also apparently he doesn't come back, so, eh. Yeah. I want to point out that it's not explicitly said, but Zan is wearing her priest robes again. Ooh, that is a nice touch. Yeah. I feel like she's found a little bit of her faith again. She tells John that she wasn't faking being scared. She really was scared. It's just that she did have a plan. I mean, real bravery is being scared and doing a thing anyway. Right? Exactly. And then that's the end of the episode. The end. I really like this episode. It has some weak points for me. Honest to God, I really, if it had been done better, I really would have loved Zan beating Maldus in the mind escape thing like that's it's one of those moments which i would have freaking loved if it had been done better but as it is uh... here's the thing i see your point but i feel like the cheesiness of the effects is part of the charm of this particular episode and also honestly if she had just been like if she just gestured at him and he had flown out the window i think i would have liked it more than her like we had a wirework budget we needed to use. Flip, 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 flip. So the next episode we're going to talk about is Home on the Remains. Yeah, right. And the Amazon description is, To obtain meat for the starving Zan, the crew journeys to a mining camp run by an overlord with an agenda of his own and an eye on Chiana. There's never a good person who's an overlord. Nope. No, there is not. It's inherently a bad position. Also, Zan needs meat. Zan needs meat. Okay. All right, so I believe we have segments. We do have segments. Our first segment is a distant part of the universe. And this is a segment where we talk about what world building worked for you this episode. See, the thing is, I don't know if this counts. Throw it out there anyway. Well, I really like the trading post. I really like the... uh, whole space garage sale thing except it was just a mental projection so i'm like does that count as a universe building i mean i guess it's typical enough so they weren't surprised by it yeah no that's that's actually mine too the idea that there are these trading vessels just floating about in space that you'll come across and you'll be like oh i guess we're gonna board this vessel and trade with them this floating flea market Honestly, it kind of reminds me of the the place John ends up in, like, the first episode that had the monster with, like, the tri-mouth. Right. But see, that makes sense because that was a trade planet. It makes sense to have a planet where you would go down and trade. 
The idea that there are just these peddlers flying around with their wares. I like that. No, yeah, I like it too. Like uh, the episode with the uh, that one character who was massively problematic. The, uh, the pirate? The Zenitian pirate? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I really liked his concept. And it feels like this is what that guy does after he's done raiding uh, destroyed vessels for valuables. Like, this is how he makes his living. And I'm like... Honestly, I would love to see that character again. Massively problematic stuff aside. But yes, I like uh, space peddlers. I'm 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 here for it. That, yeah. was, that was my that was my world building thing as well. You do get a real sense of the universe from this sort of thing, even though it was fake. Yes. Well, this one was fake, but they exist. Hmm. So our second segment is strange alien creatures. I don't think we actually had any new puppets this week to talk about. I've been really feeling the lack of puppets in this show recently. I they they. Just talking about the three mouth thing, I'm like, they've come up with some really creative designs and I don't like it when it's just like, oh, it's people, but with forehead ridges. I can go to Star Trek for that. Well, I believe that next week we're going to have some interesting things because next week the episode takes place on a, well, Wolf. you'll see. Yeah. Uh, and our final segment is just looking for a way home, which is what emotionally resonated with you in this episode. <sighs> okay. I feel like feel like i'm in a rut i feel like i do the same things a lot again aaron is sort of the emotional core for me in this episode even though it's such a minor thing her shooting the traitor yeah for me it's not it not just that she shoots the traitor but the idea that she doesn't question when john asks her to she just does it yeah no the implicit trust it's not just her shooting it's the implicit trust that the action shows in john yeah, well, and I love, you know I love my John and Aaron, but I also love that John has this trust with Zan, that whatever she says, he's going to go along with it. He trusts her. She says she has a plan, he'll do what she says, no questions asked. It really does show the connection these characters have made. Yeah, they've they've built themselves into a crew. They've definitely moved away from the people who would cut off Pilot's arm. Mm. And this is on the heels of the whole Aaron betrayal thing, which, but... You know, the whole, oh, I can't believe she did Peacekeeper stuff back when she was a Peacekeeper. I mean, yes, it's ridiculous for them to think that, but it makes sense for them to feel that Hmm. because they have become a family at this point. Yes. So I guess that's going to do it for us. Yeah, it should about do it for this week. Our show is partially listener supported. If you want to be one of our supporters, you should head over to our website, www.welcometotelevision.net and click on our Patreon link. We'd like to thank our current $5 and above patrons, Beryl, Patricia, Sam, Cassidy, Alex, Alicia, Ryan, Maracruz, Rosa, Javier, Benjamin, Kyle, and Kate. If you'd like to support the show in other ways, you could always rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the show. If you want to talk about this episode, or any episode, or any episode of any television show, you should join our Facebook group, Welcome to Television. We can also be contacted at I Love TV Zines on Twitter, or I Love Television Zines at gmail.com. So until next time, I'm Tina. And I'm Max. And this has been Welcome to the Uncharted Territories. 